and love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Hi, Love Savers listeners. This is Keith Davis, the proprietor of the Golden Pear Cafes. As I enter my 30th year of marriage, I encourage you to seek the Lord's guidance and wisdom for your marriage, for He is the one who can help you day by day in building a lifetime of peace, joy, fond memories, and a beautiful family. When Anne walked into the Golden Pear to apply for a job as Golden Pear's first pastry chef, I had no idea that God had brought my future wife and mother of our three children literally to my front door. But that is exactly what he did. And although we have had our challenges and ups and downs, God has richly blessed our marriage and he gets the glory for our 30 years together. So I encourage you to seek God's will and use Love Savers as a resource to improve and bless your marriage. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Mark chapter 10, verse 9. The following commentary is a point of view on the state of today's church. God has restored everything today's church needs to go on to fulfill the eternal purpose of God. That is to prepare a people for his own possession, a people that will be holy and blameless, without spot or wrinkle, when the Lord returns for the church he is building. We believe those who have ears to hear this message is the Bride of Christ. Lukewarm Christians, lukewarm leaders, and lukewarm churches simply will not hear this prophetic message being spoken by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. They are dull of hearing. Those Christians and Christian leaders that cannot or will not hear this end-time message will suffer loss in eternity. One of the reasons has to do with a church system of doing church that's been in place for the last 1500 years. It was put there by Roman Emperor Constantine around 300 AD. Its most obvious characteristic is the pulpit pew system we see in almost every kind of Christian church contrary to the God-given pattern found in the New Testament. Even when the Word of God mandates that local church governments consist of elders, we see that most churches are ruled over by one person or a husband and wife. The problem with this error is the failure to prepare the church as the Bride of Christ and marriage of the Lamb in eternity future. In the book of Genesis, God gave man authority over the earth, the fish of the sea, but he never gave man authority over himself. Those who Christ died for belong to him. They do not belong to anyone other than him. God expects church leadership to equip the people of God for ministry and assist in bringing his people to maturity. Ministry is not the middleman between the saints and Christ, the head of the church. He is the true shepherd. The ministry of the church is called to encourage every believer to become kings and priests and to be taught by the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The preaching and teachings of carnal men and women 
can inspire the body of Christ to seek God, but it can never bring revelation and eternal truth of the kingdom of God within the inner life or hearts of the hearer. Only the Holy Spirit can do this. This might explain why today's church is so immature and so lukewarm and so unable to win their local communities to Christ. It could also be the reason that the divorce rate in the church is as high or even higher than the world. Is it possible this lukewarm group is the bride of Christ? Is it possible that those that adhere to doctrines of demons, like the gospel of prosperity or the gospel of super grace, or those who believe God loves them no matter what they do, could they be the bride of Christ? Of course, God will love you no matter what you do, but what you do will determine your eternal destiny and where you will spend eternity. The truth has nothing to do with God's love, but rather your obedience to God's love. The Word of God says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Revelation 19, 7-8 Pastor Leo Fenton from Eternal Vision Ministries in New Philadelphia, Ohio, makes the following appeal to today's church and the body of Christ. So, brethren, seeing these things, what manner of life should we be living? Seeing who He is, and seeing His eternal purpose, and seeing the heart of God to have a perfected bride, full-grown, beautiful, who is pure like the sun, who is growing like the dawn. Seeing the heart of God, what manner of life should we live? Seeing that his bondservants will be in that city and serve him forever and ever. Seeing that his bondservants will see his face. Can we afford not to give ourselves wholly to God to do the whole will of God? After seeing those things, how can we refuse him who is speaking? Amen. And we have come to that time in the church's life, in its restoration, when God is calling a whole church, let's say a whole city, or let's say a whole building, or a whole field, let, whatever the metaphor, he's calling the whole group to a total absolute consecration. Totally giving ourselves wholly to Him to do His will, whatever it means, whatever it costs us, and wherever it takes us. Since we have come to that time in church history, and all these other things have been fulfilled, exactly according to the pattern of the tabernacle, how should we respond? See, it's not an emotional thing. It comes by revelation. It comes by a revelation of knowing who he is 
It comes by the revelation of knowing what God purposed before the foundation of the world. It comes by just understanding. It's just logical. It doesn't take revelation. It just takes logic. Certainly it is logical that God would want a perfected bride for his son. That's just logic. It's just logic to know that God is not looking for a bride for his son who is half grown. He's not coming for a baby bride. He's coming for a full grown bride. Like God took a bone out of Adam, built a woman, perfected her till she was full grown like him and brought, him, brought her to him. That's what God is doing. He's building a full grown bride. He's going to bring this bride to Jesus and we see her in Revelation 19. There's going to be multitudes at the wedding. There's only going to be one bride. That one who has come to perfection. So my appeal, not just to you people, but to the church, is respond to the message of God. Let God draw you into his eternal purpose. And then let the Holy Spirit chip away at those rough spots in your life. Let him begin to correct your character. Let him change your disposition. If you have outbursts of anger, that's not coming from Jesus. That's coming from this other fountain, which is in there. Let God dry up that fountain out of which all these unclean things are coming. Let God sanctify your life. When you feel the discipline of God come, yield to it immediately, like a son. Because those who don't yield to discipline are illegitimate children. So my appeal to the church is this. Give yourself to God. Do it today. Make yourself a consecration offering unto him. We're not asking anybody to give themselves to a church, denomination, or to a ministry. We're asking people to give themselves wholly to God, to do his will, whatever that means. Let's talk about marriage. This is Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry inviting you to call us today if you want prayer for your marriage. We pray for the healing of marriages, especially those in crisis. We have faith that God can heal marriages because God healed ours after seven years of divorce. Gary Chapman, the author of The Five Love Languages, said this about Love Savers Ministry. And let me encourage you in what you're doing because I think these kind of shows which deal with really nitty-gritty stuff in relationships uh -huh. can really help the listeners. So we're here to help. Email us at lovesavers1 at aol.com. Our website is lovesaversministry.com. And remember, love never fails. The following program is based upon the book, Return to the Wife of Your Youth. What God has joined together, let no man separate. Written by Walter W. Fox, Jr. This book is about the marriage covenant established in the book of Genesis and how important covenant is to God. It's also a book that prophetically speaks to the marriage of the Lamb of God, to the Bride of Christ, that is about to take place according to the eternal purpose of God. In the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verses 7 and 8, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to Him. 
for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arraigned in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. The Bride of Christ will spend eternity with Jesus, the Bridegroom. In Revelation 21, we see the conclusion that began in Genesis 2. God's purpose in creating man was to prepare a creation for his own possession. God expressed his eternal purpose to Moses on Mount Sinai before any laws were given to the children of Israel. It says that Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall unto me be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. There are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Exodus 19.3-6 The Bride of Christ is his eternal companion and the co-sovereign ruler of all eternity. All discipline, all suffering, all testing, all development, all training and all power of redemption and the goal of the Holy Spirit is focused upon this one final event of Earth's history, which is the marriage supper of the Lamb. Not much is preached about the Bride of Christ on Sunday mornings. Most of the focus is on Calvary and the Gospel of Salvation. Of course, there's nothing wrong with preaching the Gospel of Salvation. It's the message that begins everyone's relationship with God. However, ministry should not stop at the Gospel of Salvation. The book of Ephesians clearly states that the Lord is returning for a church without spot or wrinkle, holy and blameless. That does not automatically happen at the moment of salvation. However, this is the description of the Bride of Christ. In other words, within the corporate church that's been on earth for over 2,000 years, there's a group who has heard the voice of the Bridegroom and has made herself ready and is making herself ready. When we read the first chapter in Ephesians, we see the eternal purpose of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Accordingly, he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Ephesians 3, 1. This is the Bride of Christ. We see the purpose of Calvary was not just for our salvation, but also to initiate the process of perfecting the Bride of Christ. Repentance and forgiveness are the foundations of the Christian experience. Faith towards God, with a continued washing of the water of the Word, will present the church to himself perfected. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Ephesians 5.1 In Revelation 21.2 it says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The bride of Christ is all glorious within, in the same way that the New Jerusalem is all glorious within. 
The great treasure within the eternal city is the great treasure that is within the bride, because the city is the bride. We believe that this is the treasure laid up in heaven and the pearl of great price. The bride is full of gold and precious stones. She is full of glory and clothed with glory. While these scriptures may seem unrealistic and abstract for natural man, nevertheless, it is what the Bible teaches. The question is, not will it happen, but how will it happen? This is one of the mysteries that is to be revealed through the church. It should be obvious that fallen man cannot be one with the perfect one. For that reason, whoever will be joined to him must be perfected. Since he is God and he changes not, that means we must allow him to change us so we are perfect. Therefore you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew 5, 48. The New Jerusalem is the bride. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband, Revelation 21.2. It's clear that the bride has come to perfection in eternity future. God's history is written in advance in Revelation 21 and 22. It's recorded that the church has come to perfection and is all glorious within. The question that remains is this, how do we get there from here? Obviously, God has a great work that needs to be done in us. While most Christians are seeking for God to do a great work through them, the greatest work is the eternal work that must be done in them. Once the work is done in us, He can do all kinds of things through us without damaging us or destroying us for our eternal destiny. Will you choose to be included in this eternal plan of God? While it's very clear that we must identify with Christ in his death, his burial, and in his resurrection, there is an equally essential identification in his ascension and his throneship. While identification in his death, burial, and resurrection is basic and common to all true believers, the ascension with Christ and the ruling with Christ now require a purification of character and attitudes. To carry the authority of the throne and the authority of the name of Jesus requires that we develop in character and integrity. If then you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. It's not difficult to identify those who had the power and authority of his name, but didn't develop in character and integrity and lost their way. God's purpose is to develop us first so as not to destroy us. This is by far the safest and the best priority. Unfortunately, many get in a hurry to manifest the power without waiting to develop the character necessary for the long run and eventuality fall short of God's eternal purpose. Of course, in eternity future, there'll be no rulership authority without maturity, character, integrity, and Christ-likeness. This life is the training and developing time for eternity. If the church were not functioning at all, Satan would have free reign to corrupt the whole earth. However, the one who hinders will be taken out 
and Satan will have free reign for a short time. This work of the church provides the salt of preserving and the light that purifies. Only God's masterpiece of creation and perfection could be trusted to legislate and exercise dominion over eternity future. While Satan was created perfect in wisdom and perfect in beauty, he was not adequately perfected in his inner life to do what man has been predestined to do. Satan has to be really angry at God's decision to replace him with us, with man, created from the dirt of the ground. What is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God, and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. Psalm 8, 4 through 6. We have been chosen of God to take Satan's lost place in the government of the kingdom of God. In Hebrews 2.5 it says, For he did not subject angels to the world to come. Satan aspired to occupy the throne, but was filled with himself. We must also aspire the throne, but not based on who we are, but based on who we are to become, Christ in us. Christ, the second and last Adam, is now seated on the throne of God and has taken his seat at the right hand of the majesty on high. One of us has made it. His name is Jesus, the man Christ Jesus. In eternity present, the whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Creation is waiting for the perfection of the bride of Christ. The last Eve will be a reflection of the last Adam and will rule and reign with him on his throne for all eternity. Since there is only one architect and designer of all things, and since he is before all things, and since all things hold together in him, everything in the universe is cooperating with him towards the same end and purpose. Even if Satan and his angels oppose and deceive and corrupt, everything continues to move towards God's eternal purpose. No power can stop it. It's predestined and assured. The city of God is absolute, and it's already defined and described. From God's point of view, it's complete. Man has to be perfected. Marriages still have to be healed and mature to bring joy to the heart of God. Since man was created in God's image and likeness, he had to be given free will. Man can now accept God's purpose for his life or reject it, but he cannot change it. It's already cut in stone and written in history. Without revelation, who will give themselves so completely to God that they can be developed to fit into their place in God's city? If the city is not complete in this generation, it may be complete in the next, but it surely will be perfected. Two streams run together, but with totally different destinies. The world system is being perfected in evil and wickedness, and God's system is being perfected in righteousness and holiness. The world system ends in the lake of fire, and God's system ends in the new earth, the new heavens, and the new Jerusalem. While God has a place for everybody, our call now is to preach the kingdom and God's ultimate purpose of perfecting a bride for his son.
the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sore, still we are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Yeah. 